Hey there, Internet. This is Glenn. And this is Linda. And you're listening to Preparing Our Heart for Worship podcast. We're glad you're here with us for today's broadcast. We're going to share another good old time hymn that'll bring back those precious memories. Some churches still sing some of those great old songs, but many have been forgotten. The new praise songs many churches are singing today are wonderful songs of praise, and it's great to sing those songs in praise and worship. We love those too. The old hymns focus our hearts on the Savior and His impact on our lives, and what a blessing He has for us. And for most of us, they have an impact on our hearts that bring up those emotions of eternal riches that brings us joy to our lives. Today we are looking at a song that explains very simply the salvation plan for man. If we simply put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our eternal relationship with God begins immediately. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord, and He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. For Jesus shed His precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in Him without delay and you'll be fully blessed. Come then and join this holy band, and on to glory go, to dwell in that celestial land where joys immortal flow. This hymn, like many others of this era, owes its recognition and appearance in current hymnals to the revivals of Dwight L. Moody and Arasanke. Stirring invitation hymns were an essential part of revival experience. Following the powerful sermons of evangelist Dwight Moody, the hymn was followed by the vehicle that allowed those in attendance to respond. The text needed to be straightforward, but not infective. The music should be simple to avoid cliché, and the refrain should attempt to speak directly to the heart and invite the response to the gospel message. And so we have the hymn, Only Trust Him, by John Stockton. Stockton, raised as a Presbyterian, was converted to Methodism in a camp meeting at age 21. John Stockton, a Methodist minister in southern New Jersey, struggled with poor health for most of his life. Although he wanted to enter the ministry, he didn't do it until he was 44 years old. But his health kept failing him and he had to take a leave of absence. When he was getting his strength back, he wrote hymns, hymns such as this one, and glory to his name. He was a member of the New Jersey Annual Conference of Methodist Episcopal Churches, and the successive pastoral changes that he he fulfilled as a member of the congregation and found the conference journal. He was not only a preacher, but a musician and composer of tunes, as well as a writer of hymns. He published two gospel songbooks, Salvation Melodies 
1874, and Precious Songs in 1875. His active ministry was cut short by illness in 1874, and he died in 1877. Of his many hymns, this one is the only one that has continued in use to this day. Stockton worked with Moody and Shanky in their Philadelphia meetings in 1874, writing several songs for the use in the, the revival. These were published in Salvation Melodies, number one, 1874, and Precious Songs in 1875. Hymnologist Paul A. Richardson traces this song, however, to an earlier source. J.E. Capps notes of the Joy for the Sabbath School, 1869, originally in five stanzas, four have been maintained in most hymnals. When it was published in Moody and Sankey's Sacred Songs and Solos in 1875, and Matthew 11:29 appeared on the page with the hymn, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The hymn begins with the imperative verb, come. The first line says, come every soul by sin oppressed, is an almost direct quotation from Charles Wesley's famous hymn, Come Sinners to the Gospel Fest. The third stanza of Wesley's hymns begins, come all you souls by sin oppressed. The Wesleyan minister, John Stockton undoubtedly knew the Wesleyan hymn and was consciously or subconsciously influenced by it. Another line from Stockton's hymn, Believe in Him Without Delay, seems to draw its inspiration from the opening line of the final stanza of Wesley's hymn as it appeared in the UM hymnal, This is the time, no more delay. This is stock language, however, for invitation hymns. Interestingly, Wesley's hymn focused on an open invitation to all. Come all the world, stanza two. In stanza three, the invitation is clarified further, including wanderers after rest, poor and maimed, halt and blind. Stockholm's hymn centers on the cleansing power of Jesus' precious blood. Stanza two, his invitation to the to plunge into the scent crimson flood and wash bright as snow may have been an allusion to the 18th century hymn writer William Cooper's familiar There's Fountain Filled with Blood, in which he invites the sinners to plunge beneath the flood and be cleansed of all their guilty stains. Many stirring hymns were written during the times of Dwight Moody and Ira Sankey of the revivals of the 1800s. Revival hymns were an integral part of that time in American history. After there was a stem winder, a rousing sermon by the evangelist, the song leader would encourage the people to come forward and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. These hymns were most simple and more spoke more directly to the people's heart. Need, needed in, uh, for conversion. Often he finished a hymn, he would send it to Ira Sankey, who was the music director for the soloist of Dwight L. Moody in his evangelistic crusades. Sankey would put these hymns in his musical 
scrapbook, which is sort of a mu musical bottomless pit that Sankey would reach into when he needed to find a new song. Sankey said, while on the way to England with Mr. Moody in 1873, one day in mid-ocean, as I was looking over a list of hymns in my scrapbook, I noticed one, commencing, Come Every Soul by Sin Oppressed, written by John Stockton, with the familiar chorus, Come to Jesus, Come to Jesus, Come to Jesus, just now. Believing that these words had been so often sung that they were overused, I decided to change them and tell him how to come to Jesus by substituting the words, only trust him. In this form, it was first published in Sacred Songs and Solos in London. When Moody and Sankey returned to Philadelphia, a very frail John Stockton helped Sankey lead the congregation in singing this invitation hymn. It was published in 1874. While holding meetings in Her Majesty's Theatre in Pall Mall, London, and singing this hymn, I thought I would change the chorus again, and I asked the people to sing, I will trust him, I will trust him, I will trust him just now. Then as we sang, I decided to change it once more, and asked them to sing, I do trust him. God blessed this rendering of the hymn to eight persons present who testified afterward that by the change they were led they were led to accept salvation. I'm much interested in sacred song, writes a missionary in England, because it was the first verse of only touched him that opened the door in my heart to let the master into my soul in all his fullness. I was in the army and found my way to Woolwich Soldiers home where I heard the gospel for the for a fortnight. I was groping in the dark for peace when one evening I heard the singing of Only Trust Him, which brought light into my soul. I have ever since been happy serving him with my whole heart, and now I'm a missionary to my comrades. What a wonderful testimony of the simplicity of the gospel. I looked up the definition for trust, and it says a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, we have an example of three men who demonstrated their faith and trust in God. We read, starting in chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King ne Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the uh, straps and administrations, administrators and governors and the counselors of the treasury the judges and the magistrates, and all the officials of the providence to come and to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satrap to the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in sympathy, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whosoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and symphony, with all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and language fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Daniel's friends disobeyed the king in verse 8. It says, Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over them the affair of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid you regard. They do not serve your gods and worship the gold image, which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And God saved them in fiery trial. Verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their trousers and their turbans and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. 
Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the fiery furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Having demonstrated such trust in God, Nebuchadnezzar became convinced and praised God. We continue to read about his experience in verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the kings and counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies of the fire had had no power. Their hair on the head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not worship or serve any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. In the book of Job, we find a man full of faith and walking with the Lord. And the Lord let Satan test his faith in trials and tribulations. Even Job has a wrestling match with his wavering trust. In Job 38, we read, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who, who, but who determined its measurements? Surely you'll know. Who stretched the line upon it? To what were the foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, who shut in the sea with the doors, with its burst forth and issued from the womb when I made the clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it, and set bars and doors, and when I said, Thus far you may come, but no farther, and here your proud waves must stop. 
Have you commanded the morning since the days it begun, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? It takes on form like clay under a seal, and stands out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and the upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the springs of the sea, or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all these things. Where is the way to the dwelling of light? In darkness, where is its place? That you may make it testimony. That you may know the paths to its home. Do you know it? Because you were born then, or because the number of your days is great. Have you entered the treasury of snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hell? Which I have reserved for a time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. By what way is light diffused? Are the east winds scattered over the earth? Who has divided a channel for the overflowing water, or a path for the thunderbolt, to cause it to rain on the land where there is no one, a wilderness in which there is no man, to satisfy the desolate waste, and cause to spring forth the growth of tender grass? Has the rain a father, or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice and the frost of heaven, who gives its birth? The waters harden like stone, and the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades, or loose the belt of Orion? Can you bring out Mesereth in its season? Or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? You can send lightning. Can you send lightning that it may go and say to you, here we are? Who has the wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can pour out the bottles of heaven when the dust hardens in clumps and the clods cling together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion? Or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or lurk in their lairs to lie in wait? Who provides food for the raven when its young ones cry to God? and wander about for lack of food. God continues to challenge Job in, in uh, uh, chapter 39. Do you know the time when the wild mountain goats bear young? Or can you mark when the deer gives birth? Can you number the months that they fulfill? Or do you know it is time when they bear young? They bow down, they bring forth their young, they deliver their offspring. Their young ones are healthy, they grow strong with grain. They depart and do not return to them. 
Who sets the donkey free? Who loosed the bonds of anger? Whose home I have made in the wilderness, and the barren land is dwelling? He scorns the tumult of the city. He does not heed shouts of the driver. The range in the mountains is his pasture, and he serves after every green thing. Will the wild ox be willing to serve you? Will he bed by your manger? Can you bind the wild ox in a furrow with ropes? Or will he plow the valleys behind you? Will you trust him because his strength is great? Or will you leave your labor to him? Will you trust him to bring home your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are her wings and pinions like the kindly storks? For she leaves her eggs on the ground and warms them in the dust. She forgets that a foot might crush them or that a wild beast may break them. She treats her young harshly as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain, without concern, because God deprived her of wisdom and did not endow her with understanding. When she lives high, herself on high, she scorns the horse and its rider. Have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed the neck with thunder? Have you frightened him like a locust? His majesty, snorting, strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops to the crash of armor. He mocks at fear and is not frightened, nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him. The glittering spear and javelin, he devours the distance with fierceness and rage, nor does he come to halt because of the trumpet has sounded. He blast of the trumpet says, Ah, the smell of battle from afar. The thunder of captains and shouting, Does the hawk fly by, the wis by your wisdom and spread its wings to the south? Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? On a rock it dwells and resides, and the clank of the rock and stronghold. From there it spies out its prey, its eyes observe from afar, its young ones suck up to blood, and where, sl where the slain are, it is there. God continues to proclaim his power and wisdom. In chapter 40, moreover the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. After the reprimand by God, Job's response to God was this. The Bible says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice but I will proceed no further. Job had no answer, and he could no longer pose the slightest question. Some things in nature must remain a mystery to even the most intelligent and enterprising investigators. Human knowledge has bounds beyond which it cannot pass, 
Universal knowledge is for God alone. If this be so in the things which are seen and temporal, I may rest assured that it is even more so in matters spiritual and eternal. Then why then do we torture our brain with speculations as the destiny of will and fixed fate and human responsibility? These dark truths, I'm no more able to comprehend them than find the depth which cometh beneath from which old oceans draw her weary stories. Why am I so curious to know the reason of my Lord's providence, the motives of his actions, the design of his visitation? Shall I ever be able to clasp the sun in my fist? and hold the universe in my palm. Yet these are as a drop in a bucket compared with the Lord my God. Let me not strive to understand the infinite, but spend my strength in love. What I cannot gain by intellect, I can possess by affection, and let that suffice me. I cannot penetrate penetrate my heart of the sea, but I can only enjoy the healthful breeze which covers it over its bosom, and I could sail over its blue waters with preposterous winds. I could enter the spring of the sea, felt would serve no useful purpose either of myself or to others. It would not save the sinking bark would not give a drowned mariner his weeping wife, his children, nor would it be solving deep mysteries, avail me a single wit. For the least love to God and the simplest act of obedience to Him are better than the profound knowledge. My Lord, I have infinite to Thee in praise thee to put far from me such love for tree of knowledge as might keep me from the tree of life. Now let's listen to Forgiven's offering in song Only Trust Him. There's mercy with the Lord, and He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you. Shed his precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you. He will 
Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in Him without delay, and you are fully blessed. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We trust it was a blessing to you. It makes our day when we hear someone that was blessed by our podcast or music. We'd love to get an email from you. Just send it to glenn.dawson at glenn.dawsonea.com. That's G-L-E-N-N dot Dawson at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, DawsonEA.com. You can find all our information on our website at www.glendawsonea.com. In addition to our email, you can find information about our Facebook page and Twitter information. You can also find links to our index of all our podcasts and links to all our music on YouTube. We hope you will enjoy those. And remember now, we love y'all. God be with you. And bye for now.